This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, hello everyone. Hi. So today, the uh, the topic I want to speak about is something a little bit different than we usually do. But Rav Arya asked me to discuss uh, some Jewish personalities in history, and I want to share with you a personality that I think. Um, most people don't know about. Most people don't know about him. And that's why I want to speak about him, to, to revive his memory. She is Siftotav Dovavot Bakever. Part of the, uh, uh, part of what we do in, uh, in, in Machon Magen Avot, which is a publishing house that I, uh, that, that I uh, help and I try to um, print books from, is we try to find old manuscripts from Chachamim. So for example, everyone's learning Masechet Yuma now which is the, uh, uh, in the Daf Yomi. So there's a, there's a sefer that came out from Machon Magen Avot two years ago called the Shita Ktav Yad, Rabbi Avram ben Musa, who's based on the, um, who's based on the famous sefer Siach Yitzchak, who quotes him over 400 times. And uh, Rabbi Avram Musa ben Musa was, was published uh, through Machon Magen Avot. It's on MoroccanHalacha.com. And it's, uh, it, it, it revived his memory. People didn't really know him so well. And, uh, and that, that's one example of one of the Chachamim that you could learn more about reading in his introduction. There's also a famous, uh, a great story behind it that Rabbi Yol Gold told over. Now, this Chacham that I want to speak about is called Rabbi Yaakov Benayim. Who is Rabbi Yaakov Benayim? Rabbi Yaakov Benayim was a Chacham that was born in the early 1700s in Morocco. He learned in this, in the, he was born and he learned in the city of Fez. He got married at around 15 years old. At around 15 years old. Because I have a friend in Israel that, that, that uncovered uh, old Ketubot, like the, 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 the writing, like they kept a, a diary of Ketubot, whatever, they, whatever Ketubot they wrote for whoever. And they, they saw him named over there. He got married, was like a 15 years old. And he wasn't particularly well known at that time. But slowly but surely, he developed in one of such a uh, such a prominent Talmud Chacham that the Chida speaks about him in glowing terms. And there are piske halacha that we discuss nowadays that you'll see that 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 come from him. And his sefer was not really well known because it was printed once. We're going to see in Livorno, that's in Leghorn in Italy, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't a very clear sefer. So it's being reprinted again. So. In reprinting Machon Maganavod, in reprinting it, so I discovered I discovered about his life. So I wanted to share with you, and that that, that whole that whole era, because people don't know it so well. It was called the Golden Era of Morocco in the 1700s. There was a tremendous amount of Chachamim at that time. Uh, there, if one ever visit the cemetery of Fez, you'll see as he goes in, there's there's a big kever from Rav Yehuda ben Atar. Yehuda ben Atar was known in Arabic as El Kabir, the great rabbi. And it's written on the kever there of Rav Yudah ben Atar that this holy man, whenever there would be a din Torah and people would disagree and they'd have to make an oath, a shvua, they would go to his kever to make that shvua, just to make sure that you know people would be scared and they wouldn't make a shvua, an unnecessary shvua. That was Rav Yudah ben Atar. So he had a betin together with somebody called Hayyavetz Asfaradi. There's a Yavetz known as Rav Yaakov, and this is Rav Yaakov, Rav Yaakov ibn Sur. Another Ya'avetz in Morocco that was also considered one of the great Dayanim. He's the one that was involved more with, uh, 
with uh, with with Rav Yaakov Benayim. Just to give you an, a perspective, this betting had on it such great people that the Orachaim Kadosh, before he left Morocco to print his books, he went there to get a haskama. And the story goes like this: that he told the Orachaim Kadosh asked them for haskama, and they weren't into titles in Morocco the way that they are nowadays. That every single person that comes off the street, they're going to give them massive titles: Gaon, Agadol, and this. You know, sometimes people write write something, uh, and and I tell them, oh, what, this is a joke. <laughs> you know, sometimes they they say, "Oh, Rabbi, you're great." This, that, and that. I said, "Okay, between you and me, I know exactly who I am." Take away all those titles from Shomel Zalman. When they would write, they once a letter came to his uh, to his his uh, his uh, his mailbox and it said Rushka Bahag Rishkol Bnei Agula. He called the person up. He says, "How dare you? I'm embarrassed from the mailman. He sees such ridiculous titles. Don't ever write that to me again." <laughs> but in Morocco, they were very careful about titles. So when Orachai Makadosh came for a for a haskama by the Bedina Gadol, they gave him keharav. Chaim Benatar is here and he's a great Rav and we give him a Haskama. So he said, nobody's going to buy my book. Chav Heresh, Kehar. Can you add in at least a Mem? Kemohereinu Rav. Not the Orachayim HaKadosh cared about his Kavod, but he wanted his books to sell. So the Bedins said the following. Uh, we gave you Kehar Hashem, Keheresh. We gave you Kehar Hashem. And you want Kemohar Habetulot with a Mem? You want like the, the amount that we give uh, a, a much greater amount? That was, that was the way the story went. So either way, this was known as the great Gdole Ador that there was in those times in Morocco. And that's where Rav Yaakov Benayim learned from. Now, at an early age already, it seems to be that, that he learned under a certain Rav called Rav Ephraim Monsonego, uh, uh, originally from the city of Tetuan. Then he went in 1757, uh, he wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael. Now, in his Teshuvot, he talks about going to Eretz Yisrael in... Uh, in the Zer Yaakov itself, that's the Shilotu Shuvot that he wrote, he wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael. But a lot of Chachamim in those times, on their way of going to Eretz Yisrael, they got stuck in certain cities that they couldn't leave them because they saw there was no Torah. So the, the first city that he went to is, uh, in, in Hebrew, it's called El, Mas, El Maskar, uh, Maskara. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Somewhere in Algeria. Uh, and he calls it, it's a small city, where there's a few Yireh Elohim and She'emet, or sit tzedakah bechol et am nivcharim. They always do tzedakah. So he, uh, he, he, he found a place that he could learn Torah. It wasn't so busy for him. You know, they once heard Yaakov Kamenetsky, who was a rabbi later in Toronto and in, in New York, that, that what was his best years? He says, when I was a, was a rabbi in a small village that nobody bothered me in Europe, that I was able to learn, that's where I grew the most. And that's the... Uh, and that's the that's the reality by a lot of rabbanim when they when they are hidden in a corner that nobody knows about them and that's what happened with him. But eventually he had to uh, he had to move on and in 17, seventeen sixty six he continued on his uh, his journey. First he went to uh, to another city, the big city in Algeria called Argeel. You know, Algeria, the, the city of Algiers in Algeria. There was some of the greatest chachamim we've ever had: the Rivash, the Tashbet. His son, the Rashbats, after that, the, 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 the Yachinu Boaz. The, uh, these were all, not the Yachinu Boaz, the Mishnayot, another one, that, that they, 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 they were all from Algeria, together with Rav Yehuda Ayash, which Rabbi Kivager and, and the Chida quote extensively. These were the great Gedolim in the time of Algeria. That's where he found a place to study and learn. He came right, right after the, the, the Bet Yehuda Ayash. He quotes him many times. But, but to make a long story short, in 1782... He goes to uh, Livorno. Now, he didn't decide to go to Eretz Yisrael. 
probably because the big printing presses were in Livorno. And this is a big difference between Chachamim that were able to get to Italy and not. For example, the Orachim Kadosh, that's where he printed his books. And, uh, and, and we know all the books today. Then he went to Eretz Yisrael and he only stayed there for a year, the Orachim Kadosh. The story is he went to the Kotel. There was a lady in black that told him that, that he met her. And he goes back to the students. He said, I know I'm going to die this year. He met the Klipa Lilit. And uh, and 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 uh, and he's going to die this year. That's why he's bur- he's he, he died young and he's buried in Harazetim. So so yeah, but he first went to print his books, and and that's how we that's how we know so much about the Orachim Hakadosh. There were so many Chachamim in Morocco that we didn't know about because they didn't get to Livorno. They weren't able to print their books. But Yaakov Benayim did. So he actually printed his book called Zera Yaakov. He has a few more books. Uh, there's a Perush that they recently that that you could look at Hebrew books called Chesed VeEmet that has his Chidushim on Brachot and Sota. And Sukkah that was from Rabbi Tzchak Tzaba, but but he but he himself wrote this Shilut Shuvot Zera Yaakov, that the Chida quotes about him amazing things, others quote amazing things. You, if you take a look in Hilchot Purim, there is a discussion. What is the amount of money you have to give for Matanot Le'Evyonim? And the Shari Tshuva there quotes the Birke Yosef, which is the Chida, who quotes the Zera Yaakov, who proves that the Shear is an amount of a Seuda. How much would it be a seuda, which is a gimel betzim or whatever? See, Rav Ovadi Yosef, he also he says, it's the mount to buy a falafel. That is Matanot Avinim. I'm sure you heard that before. That comes from the Zerah Yaakov. And the Shari Tshuva writes over there, I don't have the book, so I can't look up what his source is. That is the book, Zerah Yaakov. And, and he's quoted in a few other very fundamental questions regarding... Uh, Regarding um, regarding what's the shear of a beitza and a kizayit, he has one fundamental question that I'm working on right now while I'm learning uh, some of the things of Chosh and Mishpat from Magen Avot, and it's written there that 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 he has questions. They had something called in those days called a sharhat starhatava. Nowadays we would call it a buyout clause. If I sell you a piece of land because I'm stuck, I need the money. Uh, you know the Torah doesn't want you to lose your money, your, your land just like that. There's a whole parashiot about bateiri choma. So what people would do. The Gemara Bab Metziah talks about this. What people would do is that they would sell the land, and the other person would say, "Would say, okay, and I'll sell you back the land if you get the money in 30 days. I'll sell it back to you." But the problem is, if I sell, let's say I'm going to sell Ari land, and he's going to, and he's going to say, oh, I'll, "I'll give it back to you." So what, what's happening in the? So is it a loan that that he's lending me money because he's eventually going to give it back to me? If it's a loan, he can't be eating from that field. Because that's rebeat. So the Gemara says what has to happen is that I give you the land, and because of your, and it's a total transaction, but because of Aryeh's tremendous chesed, Hetiv Chazdo, he does me a favor, and he writes, I will sell it back to you when you get the money back. That's not, re- and then he can eat from the fruits, because that's called rebeat, because it's coming on his own will. In French, we call it sa volonté. His. His voluntary uh, goodness. He's such a kind person. And he writes a shtar ha-tava. Shulchan Aruch brings it down in Choshem Mishpat Siman Rej Zayin Siv Zayin as well in, in Yoradea Siman Kufayin Bet. That's called the shtar ha-tava. There's all types of ramifications over here. Is it really called his his field? For example, uh, does he have the halach of a bar metzra that he's the he's the guy right next to the other field that he has the first dips to that to that field when they're going to sell it? Is he is he is it called that it's really his that if chas v'sholem somebody would die so his his uh, the bechor would get pishnaim because it's called muchzak? All these type of questions come into play. Rav Yaakov Benayim has around five or six teshuva just on shari shtari hatava. 
and uh, all the Dayanim of Morocco quoted him, Vayomer Yitzchak, and they, they all discuss his, his, his Teshuvot with great reverence. But this is an example of a Chacham that he would have never been known if he, would have, if, if, if he wouldn't have traveled to Livorno. And there were so many of those that are lost. So it's actually an exciting project I wanted to share with you about his life. I'll tell you, I'll end off with a nice tidbit. I never know why these projects fall into my lap. Uh, why specific projects fall into my life. It's just, it's just funny how. One time I was looking for, for, for a certain project and I couldn't find it, but somebody else, somebody else found another of his writings. I found he was a cousin of my grandmother. Didn't know why. It was my first cousin, my Chaim David Serrero. Then Rav Avram Ben Musa, that I, I mentioned to you, I'll tell the story quickly, is that my friend uh, Nisim Wanunu uh, um, uh, 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 wanted to like, sponsor the book. And in the meantime, his son, Lo'alenu, had an asthma attack and he was uh, he, he he was brain dead, and Canada just just put out a law that they're allowed to pull out pull the plug, and the whole from community in Toronto went and lobbied. Remember that story? And they passed the bill that you're not allowed to pull out the plug. He lived longer, and he passed away the exact date. Of the yard site of Avram ben Musa, which which we were sponsoring the safer for him, we didn't even realize Chafal of Adar, which happens to be my birthday. That's the story Yolgold said over. It's an amazing story. And here, I just found out of Yaakov Benayim, somebody came to me with a with with documentation that I have a my great grandmother, her name was Chana Bodbol, was it seems to be was a direct descendant of Rav Yaakov Benayim's sister. <laughs> Crazy. I don't know how it happened. I didn't know this. So we always see Siyat Adishmai and things going on, but there's so many great Chachamim that are just, their, their works are just sitting dormant and people don't know about them. And this is one of them that we have got the opportunity to share about his Torah. His name is Rav Yaakov Benaim Yezichro Baruch. Chazaku Baruch. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.